All right, guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America, and I am your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing today? It is Monday, November 22nd, 2021, and uh, I think what we'll do today, I'm, I'm flying solo. Of course, you know Chris was here on Friday, and um, that was great. That was great. I'm, I'm glad to, glad you guys uh, listened to the show, and... Um, you know, uh, welcomed him back. I thought it was a pretty good show. We went pretty long, but, you know, that's what we do. Um, we kind of have a lot of give and go, and, uh, you know, that's what it is. So what we're going to cover on today's show, obviously, you guys have probably been seeing this, the Waukesha Christmas Parade tragedy. I've got some details on that. And uh, kind of touch base on the state of this well, I don't really care about the world, but let's talk about this country. And uh, the division, I've gone over this time and time again with you guys, and how the division is throughout this country with the um, the media and the, the uh, quote-unquote right and the quote-unquote left and the, just the, the deep divide that is being caused by the media. And when I say the media... I mean all media. We'll get into that. I don't want to. I don't want to go into a dissertation right now. But um, so anyway, basically everyone who disagrees with the established establishment are terrorists. So that includes me, you, and everyone else that listens to this podcast. Uh, Biden reappoints Jerome Powell as the Fed chair despite the record high inflation. Uh, some fallout over the weekend from the uh, Rittenhouse uh, verdict. And, um, of course, we'll do our feel, stu- uh, feel, <laughs> words. feel good story of the day. And then I want to cover what happened on this day in history. I don't do that very often, but today is a significant day in that time frame. Uh, I figured it'd be something to talk about. Nothing, we won't go into too much detail. I know you guys get a little bored with history. I think this will be something we'll touch on today. And we will um, delve into the person in which I will talk about um, maybe on another episode somewhere down the road. Maybe a day when we have Mr. Christopher J. McGillicuddy in the... uh, Sorry, I'm trying to get stuff set up here. And, of course, i got to get ads and everything playing. (laughs) But, you know, speaking of ads, we're going to go into the ads uh, for my, my, my show. Right, and we're going to talk about who else? Redcon1.com just got my uh, my uh, shipment today, so I got me some more protein bars and powder uh, pre workout. Great stuff, guys! Come on, I'm telling you, Redcon1.com. Use the link at the bottom of the podcast app. You won't regret it. Like I said, use the uh, website there and use T20 Quartermass promo code. Get twenty percent off all the stuff on their website. Great stuff. All right, to our first story. Now, this is a developing story, obviously. We all know this just happened yesterday. Um, this is the Waukesha Christmas Parade. Uh, I don't want to say accident because I don't know. We don't really know a whole lot about the situation that happened, so I can't say that was an accident as much as it might have been more intentional. But here is the um, police chief up in Waukesha, and he's going to read off the, the uh, people that had passed away from this. Virginia Sorensen, 79-year-old female. Leanna Owens, 71-year-old female. Tamara Durand, 52-year-old female. Jane Coolidge, 52-year-old female. Wilhelm Hospital, 81-year-old male. The suspect involved in this tragic incident it's identified as Daryl E. Brooks, male 39 years of age, who is a resident of the city of Milwaukee. At this time, the Waukesha Police Department is referring five counts of first-degree intentional homicide with additional uh, charges based on the investigation, but those will come in time. So as you heard the police chief there say that um, he will be facing five charges of homicide as of right now, um, I don't know exactly I think there was 48 people hit. I don't know if that includes the five 
uh, that passed away. But this is what we know of, of what had happened so far. So the man being questioned, at the time that this article I'm reading, is, there's breaking news right now, but he's actually being, uh, he's going to face homicide charges for at least the five victims thus far. And I guess remains to be seen what happens with the the rest of the folks that were hit that are still that are still alive right now. So the man, at the time he was uh, a person of interest, I guess. I know when I woke up this morning for work, uh, they hadn't even named him yet. And they said they had a person of interest um, in custody. Uh, and this person is Daryl E. Brooks, like you heard the uh, police chief there say. Um, <clears throat> man from Milwaukee with a criminal history dating back to 1999 that includes numerous violent felons. Now, in the interest of not being too assumptive uh, as to what's what happened and why this person did what he did, uh, we don't know. Obviously, this just happened. It's a developing story. Um, depending on who, what news you watch, uh, some probably won't cover it a whole lot. Um, some will, and obviously, what's going to come into to discussion, much like every thing else we have to fucking discuss in the news it's going to be race okay the gentleman was a black uh male uh i don't know the victims in which who all he hit as far as their race is concerned um in my opinion it's inconsequential that this man's black and let's say they are all white it doesn't matter the fact of the matter is this dude took his suv and drove it through a christmas parade striking multiple People, including mostly not most mostly children, a lot of children. I don't know if it was mostly children, but a lot of children. They showed, uh, you know, on Twitter and uh, different news outlets, they showed uh, people obviously videotaping the the parade, so you catch it, you know, as it's happening. You know, Waukesha <clears throat> obviously is in a big city, so it's a small town parade, Christmas parade. And fuck the people that say holiday parades, the Christmas parade, it is what it is. Come on, let's let's be honest. And uh, so, you know, you get a lot of cell phone videos and, you know, I don't think really people use camcorders anymore, but nonetheless. And this dude just pretty much comes hauling ass right through the, through the parade like he had somewhere else to be. And uh, rumors being reported here and there, and I don't want to get into too much innuendo. I think we need to wait and see. Maybe by the next time I record on Wednesday, we'll have some more details. That'll be, you know, two days from now. But um, the fact of the matter is this guy, uh, is multiple felon, was being questioned and, con- and he's being questioned in connection with the attack. This was, like I said, as this was reported, now he is being charged. Um, police said early Monday that the red SUV plowed into pedestrian Sunday evening, killing five and injuring at least 40 or more. Uh, some of the victims were children. Like I said, there was marching bands. There was, you know, just kids on the side of the road. This And, you know, with no regard, he just comes hauling ass. And you, I mean, I'm watching the video now. They're showing different angles, different camera. Like I said, people with cell phones, whatever, recording this just by happenstance because they're recording the marching bands or whatever. And there he goes right down the fucking street. I mean, so this guy, um, he has a long rap sheet and a uh, number of pending cases. Brooks' most recent court appearance came back in November 5th for charges including reckless endangerment, battery, domestic abuse, resisting arrest, and bail jumping. He was out on a $1,000 bail for those charges. So for all of those charges, $1,000 bail, and one of those was bail jumping. So surely he was going to obey the bail, right? Anyway, in July of twenty. Police charged him with three other felonies, including reckless endangerment and being a felon, being a felon in possession of a firearm. He's also listed as a two-tier registered sex offender in Nevada. He seems like a fantastic person. A background check from Wisconsin Department of Justice came back with over 50 pages of charges against Brooks, stretching back decades into '99. He received his first felony conviction uh, for taking part in an aggravated battery for which he received three years of probation, record show. He was convicted of, of obstructing an officer in 05 and 03, and in 02 he had another felony for marijuana charges. So, obviously not a good guy. 
right? So let me let me just do some quick math. So in '99 he received his first uh, felony. Let's see how old is he now? 39. So '99 that was what 22 years ago. Oh, beautiful. So he was 17 when he got his first felony. Okay, so he wasn't even an adult when he got his first felony. So for the past 22 years. He's been charged, what was it, 50, uh, <laughs> long-time felon, right? 50, or I'm sorry, 22 years of felonies. And uh, his most recent one's back in November. And, you know, of course, here he is out driving around through a Christmas parade. Now, I don't know where Waukesha is in comparison to Milwaukee, uh, where he's from. Um not to be a smart ass, but I wonder if it was more than 20 miles. Hmm. Anyway, uh, you're going to hear a lot of speculation over the next few days. You're going to hear a lot of this is a, a retaliation for Rittenhouse. Uh, who knows? Um, this guy obviously has a, a lot of um, charges in his past and convictions in his past. So he's just a bad guy, <laughs> you know, I mean, who's to say that, uh, that he was retaliating against anybody for, uh, the Rittenhouse thing, and even if that were the case, who's to say, um, that he, uh, why would he be in Waukesha, why wouldn't he be in, um, Kenosha, you know, if he's going to do something like that, but nonetheless, uh, Still a tragedy. Five people dead. Uh, I think it said 48 injured last I saw. Um, I'm sure. Hopefully not, but, you know, there's a very good chance more to come on that as far as deaths. Um, it's a shame. And that's about all I'm going to have to say on that, just for the fact that we don't know a hell of a lot. I can watch the news, and I'm going to get everybody and their brother's opinion as to why this guy did whatever. Obviously. He should have never even been out, okay? Uh, from what I've read here and there, the uh, DA up in that area, can't recall his name, um, but he's a, one of those Soros-backed um, DAs that we have throughout the country that don't believe in, you know, bail. They don't believe, you know. But the thing is, is um, when that's why I always say, when, when you're voting, okay, yeah, you vote for the president, vote for Senate and Congressman. Your local voting, your local elections mean so much more than the presidency. You know, I've said this before, and we talked about this on Friday. Look at the state of Florida. Joe Biden is the president of these United States. However, whatever, you know, say whatever. He won, he didn't win, he stole the votes. I don't care, whatever. He's the president. The fact of the matter is, look what our governor of this state in Florida is doing for us. Okay? Look at what he's doing with the vaccines. And people can say, oh, well, yeah, but look at your COVID cases. Yeah, look at them. They're lowest in the country. You know, we talked about this over the summer. Yeah, they were high in the summer, but we discussed that. We said they're high in the summer because people are inside. They're raising, they're going up higher in the uh, northern uh, part of the country because it's cold. People are staying inside. It is what it is. So anyway, enough about this. We'll discuss it more because <laughs> it, it, it's interesting how this happens and it kind of falls into the next topic where uh, Tulsi Gabbard, and I've talked about her. Uh, I'm going to play this clip of her. It's a little under a minute. This was her on, uh, I don't know exactly, it looks like Fox News primetime. I don't know who was who the host was because th that, that, that's a 7 o'clock hour show and they've pretty much been um, rotating through different hosts, so... It doesn't really matter. This is just her talking. So let's hear what she has to say. This really comes down to the reality, Will, that the American people are facing some incredibly serious challenges. And really what we need right now are competent and caring leaders who put the interests of the people and our country above all else. Uh, but that's not what we have. This is this is a bigger problem than Democrats or Republicans. This is about the establishment elite trying to hold on to their power and continue to increase it. And the mainstream media is a powerful arm of that establishment elite. And it comes down to this. You're either with them, 
agreeing with them, supporting them, carrying the water for them, or you're not. You're either part of their team or you're not. And if you're not, and this is what we're seeing happening now, it's what I've experienced, then they will target you, censor you, uh, demonize you, and call you a domestic terrorist and sick the attorney general on you, seeing you as a yeah. threat to their power and therefore the enemy. This really comes it'll, down it'll to be, the um, Thank you, Tulsi. We, you don't have to repeat yourself. <laughs> it'll be interesting. Like she said, she's obviously a target for the Democratic Party. My question to her, and I mean, who am I? I'm just some dude with a microphone, part-time podcaster, works a full-time job, right? I'm doing this for a hobby. This kind of helps me get the, the thoughts out of my head. I would love to be able to have a discussion with her and record it. And the reason I say that is because she's obviously well-spoken, has even, you know, she's a Democrat. Not all Democrats are stupid, obviously. Uh, my question to her would be, when are you going to do like Andrew Yang and leave the Democratic Party? Because obviously you do not fit with them. Now, I don't know everything that she's about. I don't know everything that Andrew Yang's about. I do know that the way the Democratic Party's going, whereas it, you, this is no longer JFK's Democratic Party. This is no longer... Hell, this isn't even Bill Clinton's Democratic Party, for that matter. The Democratic Party has gone so far left, we are literally on the verge of socialism, <clears throat> not just in politics, but in everything we do. And socialism is just a fancy, non-scary name for communism, okay? We've played the video in the past, um, Yuri Bezmanov, uh, out of Russia, he was a KGB agent. This was like 84, I think it was. And he told you. I mean, that was 40 years ago. He told you this was going to happen. Everyone's like, Psh, whatever. The moderates in the Democratic Party are far and few between. And there's only a few left in Congress and Senate. Um, and fortunately for those few people, they're helping not push too many agendas now Granted, Dipshit McGee, a.k.a. President Poopy Pants's uh, infrastructure crap went through. But I blame that on the 13 Republicans also that uh, voted for it. This wasn't just a Democratic thing, which brings me back to the R and the D. Those letters mean nothing because you have Democratic you know, constituents or, you know, people, whether they're congressmen, senators, whatever the case is, that are, uh, you know, they're just batshit crazy. They're just so far left. They just want free, free, free. Nothing's going to cost a thing, and we'll just tax the shit out of the rich. And rich people don't get rich because they're stupid, okay? So if you think you're taxing them, you're not. You're going to tax the middle class, and that's who pays and deals with most of this bullshit. And it might not even be a straight-up tax where we're going to raise your tax from 20% to 30% or whatever that number is. It's going to be the taxes that you're seeing now. And you might be thinking, okay, well, Don, what taxes are we seeing now? My taxes haven't gone up. Okay, that might be true. Your percentage of tax might be the same as it was last year or four or five, ten years ago. But what are your, how much are you paying for gas? You know, in the state of Florida, I think the average is around 130, 140, somewhere. I'm sorry, shit, I wish it was 130. 330, 340 a year ago, it was $2. Two years ago, it was under $2 prior to Corona and COVID and all the bullshit. And I say this, and I know we have listeners in California, and they're thinking, fuck, I wish our gas was 340, right? That's, a, that's like a half a gallon in California. And I feel that. You know, I mean, obviously I don't, I'm not paying $7, but you know, I've told you guys before, you know, my personal vehicle, I have to use premium. So it's over $4 a gallon. So, I mean, I, I get it. It's frustrating when that used to be to something, <laughs> you know, so it, it keeps people home. And, you know, one could ask the question, does this have anything to do with, uh, part of the agenda of not letting be, you know, this is kind of locking you down without locking you down, right? They, 
infrastructure, the the price, you know, what are they saying? This is going to be the most expensive Thanksgiving on record because if you can find it, you know, now granted, if you can find the turkey, but I also say this, I've been telling you guys for a month or longer to go get your turkeys. I've been telling you for a month or longer to go buy your green beans, your whatever it is you eat for Thanksgiving, stuffing, all this different stuff, you know, whatever it is you eat, you should have bought it. You know, obviously at this point it's kind of too late to even worry about a turkey because you don't even have enough time to to thought. But uh, nonetheless, I'm not trying to say, you know, I told you so, but, you know, I kind of (laughs) did. Nonetheless, uh, they're saying the most expensive Thanksgiving on record. Okay, well, you know, some people might not be able to afford that. Might be like, well, we're just not going to do Thanksgiving this year. Or if you are going to do Thanksgiving... You might not have a house full of people for Thanksgiving. You might just do, you know, husband and wife, you know, the kids, and that's it. Um, you might not have grandma and your, you know, your, you know, and like in our situation, we have older kids, and then our kids have kids. Um, I'm granted they're all going to be here, but some people might not be able to afford that. They might not be able to have all their kids over and their kids' kids and their their grandparents or the moms or their sisters or their nephews or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's a shame. But there's really only one person to blame, and that's uh, President Poopy Pants. And he can say whatever the fuck he wants, but remember, he promised you guys, I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make it better. The guy is a lying piece of shit. And I, I, I would say, I mean, I would say, God, please help us, and he needs to go away. But... The problem with that is the person sitting there in the wings, Kamal, he's, or she, he, whatever, is no better. So, and speaking of which, uh, you know, President Biden uh, chooses to keep Jerome Powell as Fed chair, resisting political pressure for a shakeup. And this is out of the New York Times. So, this came across on timeline this, uh, earlier this afternoon. And I was like, okay, what's the significance of this? Then I started thinking, okay, Jerome Powell, he's being re- reappointed in this position. Um, so this was a Trump um, appointee to the Fed. Uh, interesting, right? Because you would think pretty much everything that he's done, that Trump did, he's doing the, that this dude's doing the opposite. Which means to me... Without, I mean, I'm going to read this story, and it's going to mean absolute shit to me because it's the New York Times. So, but I will go through it. But this is just my opinion. If what we've known to be true, or at least apparent, I guess I should say, um, anything that Biden does opposite of Trump, it's obviously to push his agenda or the left's agenda, right? Um and and day one, he's striking um, the executive orders and basically pulling a 180 on all the uh, any anything Trump did. Right? Why would you keep a Trump appointed person, especially in the Fed? So I, I was watching the news when I got home from work, and people were saying this would have been a perfect opportunity because. It's not like Trump, um, Biden was going to come in and fire this guy. It's a four-year term. His term was up. Okay? So, um, it would have been a perfect opportunity for him to not reappoint him, appoint someone else, whoever, and um, then use this person as your scapegoat, part of, well, this was Trump's guy, and the Fed, you know was fucking around with interest rates and doing this and the other thing. That's part of the problem we're having, the problem we're having with um, with the economy as it is. But he didn't. He chose to reappoint him, which leads me to believe Trump, you know, God loving for as much as he was trying to do that seemed to be the right things for us, and he, he said all the right things, Trump did, obviously not being a politician himself, he had okay. So if you recall, when he was when Trump was running for president, it was a lot of uh, "Make America Great." We're going to drain the swamp, blah blah blah. Right? Well, the swamp 
that he was talking about isn't the fact that, ironically enough, that Washington, D.C. was built on a swamp. I know that's that's ironic in itself, but he um, was referring to Congress and senators and not even those people as much as those people plus the um, the lobbyist and just all the fucking people <laughs> that that have their hands in the pot, the corporate lobbyists, the 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 environmental lobbyists, the uh, just the people in general. That that was what his goal was, but he basically he had very little allies, so he had to depend on people that he thought were good people, John Bolton's. You know, these types of people to suggest certain um, appointees for different positions, whatever they were. And I feel that Jerome Powell was one of them. Not for nothing more that we we haven't really noticed. I, if we weren't talking about it right now, none of you guys would know who the Federal Reserve Chair was without looking it up. And you wouldn't even know that this was going on. The reason I feel it's being significant is that if Trump runs again in 24... I pray to God that he surrounds himself, that he learned enough in the four years as president and then the four years as not being the president of who he can and can't trust because there was a lot of people that he he thought was quote-unquote right people to use um, when realistically he looked at the letter next to her name instead of the actions that they did, you know, if I were running for president, who am I, right? I'm just some dude, right? I could tell you enough that I wouldn't trust Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, and <laughs> I don't think I would trust Mike Pence. I don't think I would trust, you know, a lot of these people. You know, he trusted John Bolton. He trusted these people. But then look at some of his greatest allies. You know, look at Mike Flynn, for example, Democrat. Look at Bright, uh, Breitbart, uh, Steve Bannon. You know, these are people that were Democrats or more uh, libertarians, more centrist. You know, and some of the people, like when he was running for president, he attacked, you know, like like Rand Paul, for example. Uh, And these people ended up being some of his closest allies, Ted Cruz. You know, I think if he runs again in 24, and that's a big if. I know there's a lot of people speculating that it's going to happen, you know, He's not saying yes, but he's not saying no. Um, I think, in my opinion, obviously, we talk about Biden being, I think he turned 79 the other day, right? Um, Trump's not much younger. I mean, granted, compared to Trump to Biden, you would think there's a 20-year difference, but the fact remains that he is, I think, 75, 76, something like that, so he'll be damn near pushing 80 himself, you know, in 24. So I personally think that what he would want to do is have someone more like a Ron DeSantis. You know, if he wants to, if Trump wants to make America great again, which is what he's saying, why wouldn't you do it with somebody younger that can get things done? The question would be, is who does DeSantis trust enough to uh, be with him on his side? Because, um, you know, it's a slippery slope. There are a bunch of snakes, and you don't know who to trust, unfortunately. But uh, the fact that this uh, Jerome Powell is being reappointed, and it's not done deal. I mean, he still has the, for whatever reason, I think he still has to go through... Um, uh, you know, the uh, Senate confirmation and all that shit. There's a lot of Democratic senators touting for this guy. So, like I said, it just, to me, this is my personal opinion, so take it for what it's worth. I just feel that when you have so many Democrats on the side of a person that was nominated by Trump and all these Democrats absolutely hate Trump, one would think, I hate Trump, I hate you. You see what I'm saying? So there's something fishy about this guy. And like I said, that's my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. But, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, on to the Rittenhouse verdict. Okay, so we talked about this. We were going, we were live on the TV when uh, 
when the verdict was being read. Uh, that's when Mr. Christopher J. McGillicuddy was in studio, right? Great moment. And we talked about it on the backside. What has been the most interesting weekend? Now, oddly enough, there hasn't been as much disruption, for lack of a better term, like I thought there was going to be. I mean, you had a couple of protests, I think, in New York, Chicago. You had them here and there, but nothing crazy. There wasn't anything major that, that I saw, because surely if there was, you would have heard about it. And I'm, like I said, I'm not saying nothing went on, but for the most part, it's, you know, you had a couple. But the thing that kills me is the people that were protesting in New York and Chicago were these BLM, you know, and they're still on the fact that this kid is a white supremacist, and then now the judge a white supremacist. So you had a white judge, a, I think, mostly white jury, with white um, prosecutors, white um, defense attorneys, white defendant, who shot three white suspects, victims, suspects, whatever you want to call them, um, killing two, injuring another. Where is the white supremacy? If he's a white supremacist, he's the worst one there is. <laughs> I mean, most, I, I don't know. I mean, every time I think of a white supremacist, I think of like, you know, the skinheads or Nazis or Ku Klux Klan or these guys that do all these bad things to black people, you know, or people of color or Jews or whatever the case may be. This kid's the worst white supremacist in the book because uh, he shot three white dudes um, that were coming at him. It's like he just picked out three white guys and shot them. He wasn't a mass shooter. He wasn't up in a clock tower. He wasn't in the top of a hotel shooting at a crowd at a, a concert or whatever, you know. I mean, so... I'm assuming the fact that these people are saying he's a white supremacist is because of what had happened, happened at a BLM rally. Because evidently, Jacob Blake was killed by police in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I mean, it's a surprise, especially to Jacob Blake, since he's you know still alive. So I, <laughs> I saw the news, you had a bunch of different, uh, I'm going to just, say, quote-unquote, influencers. And that's that's something that, you know, me and Chris were talking about today is these influencers. And most of the time when you think of influencers, you think of, like, um, Instagram, you know, the girls, you know, posting their pictures or the dudes, you know, doing whatever. You know, they're, they're social media influencers, Kim Kardashian and these jackasses. And now you got TikTok and all these people doing their stupid-ass videos and the island boys, right? And <laughs> just a bunch of fucking shit and we're a bunch of marks and we sit there and fucking download the shit and look at them and they get millions of views and they make money off that shit. That's what we think of when we think of influencing. But you're, you're, I, I'm, I don't know exactly. I'm kind of computer stupid. So I, there's four main, um, social media platforms. If I'm not mistaken, you have, well, I guess if you want to count YouTube, but let's just say Twitter uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I mean, you got like Snapchat and stuff, and Snapchat is similar to TikTok, but let's just use those four. We'll, we'll leave Snapchat and YouTube out of the mix, even though I'm not saying they're small by any stretch of the imagination, but for a quick um, influencing aspect, like YouTube, you can go on there and watch videos. Uh, Snapchat is just kind of quick little whatever. So... You think it like to me, TikTok and um, Instagram are very similar. You know, TikTok is obviously more short videos of whatever, and then Instagram you can do videos, but it's mostly pictures, right? But there's your influencing, like, oh, I want to be like the Island Boys, you know, I want to be like Kim Kardashian, have fat ass and get a makeup contract, whatever. Um, but then there's the the verbal influencers, which is your Twitter, number one, because most of whatever you see on Twitter is words. I mean, there are videos and stuff, but for the most part, it's just people saying whatever. And then on Facebook, it's both. You have people saying whatever and then posting videos also. But you had tweets come out all weekend long from just different, quote unquote, uh, I guess, you know, people call them blue check marks or the verified or the special people, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Uh, saying a lot of the same words. Well, they were misconstrued words out of the mouth of Joy Reid and Cuomo and uh, 
I don't know all the fucking people, but CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, uh, you know, whatever, whatever all the fucked up channels are, uh, where they were saying this kid shot black people, killed black people. Jacob Blake's dead. Um, <laughs> like I said, could you imagine me and Jacob Blake? You're at home watching the news. And or like the one I think Jalen Rose, ESPN, he's a basketball uh, commentator guy. And of course, everyone's got something to say about it. And the fact that these people are fucking morons and they don't know the facts of what they're saying, they're just regurgitating whatever they saw on Twitter or on the news or whatever the case is without doing a little bit of research. Um, at least a tweet can be deleted. <laughs> you know, you, you're an ESPN commentator. You get on there and say, you know, it's very unjust that this kid got off. Um, killing these protesters, taking a gun across state lines, false, uh, to go there to kill black people that were protesting Jacob Blake's death. False, false, and false. And then in the meantime, can you imagine Jacob Blake watching a basketball game and you're like, what the fuck? I'm not dead. I'm right here. <laughs> you know? Um, get your facts straight if you're going to say something on national TV. I mean... I, like I've told you, I've told you a couple times right in the show, I don't know shit about shit. I can read. I like to talk about stuff. And the biggest reason that I do this podcast, and, you know, Chris does it, you know, when he's here, is to get it off our chest to other people. And we're approaching 5,000 downloads. That might not seem like a lot compared to, you know, uh, Ben Shapiro and Joe Rogan and all these other guys. And, I'm not dissing them in any stretch of the imagination. Um, but for not for nothing, that's what they do. <laughs> this is their job. This is a hobby for me. Okay. So uh, just in hindsight, 5,000 downloads isn't necessarily small potatoes. I mean, granted, like I said, compared to these guys, yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. They get that probably in a day. Um, and great, that's good for them. Like I said, they need it because that's how they get paid. Um, like I said, when we started doing this, it was just something to do, you know. But speaking of which, while we're talking about downloads and whatnot, if you guys listen to this on Apple Podcasts, please give me five star. Hook me up. Let me get some more downloads. Come on, guys. It don't take nothing for you to scroll down while you watch, listen to the podcast. Hit that five star. If you want to leave a review, great, leave it. If you don't, that's fine. The five star is the big thing. Just so we can get some more traffic on this. But anyway, back to uh, <laughs> back to what I was saying. These people that are, are quote-unquote influencers really should do a little more homework before they open their mouth. Because then they just look like fucking idiots. But the problem is, is they're speaking to idiots. So as far as the idiot masses that are watching these idiots talk, okay, Jacob Blake's dead. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse killed three black people because they were protesting Jacob Blake's death. And if that's the life you want to live of being a moron because you don't know how to fucking read or you don't choose to read or you choose to listen to, you know, these idiots on Twitter and whatnot, then I guess that's your choice. But uh, I will say this about that. Um, I can't imagine. <laughs> now, I know I saw an article where Nicholas Sandman, uh, the kid from Covington, Kentucky, that uh, was, uh, who was uh, Washington Post, CNN, different media outlets, you know, calling this kid, uh, uh, I think calling him a white supremacist and whatnot because of the, uh, you know, him standing in front of the, the Indian, um, whatever he was. Uh, and then of course, after, of course, everyone reacted to that initial video of, of whatever was happening where he was, Oh, look at him just sitting there smirking and the guy's beating the drum and oh my God. Um, we, uh, then as a few days went by, there was other camera angles, there was other uh, cell phone videos and whatnot. And then CNN, $275 million out of pocket. So I know he said something about Rittenhouse, you know, getting a payday. Uh, hopefully, uh, Sandman's uh, attorney, Todd McMurtry, hopefully they're in contact with each other because uh, this kid's... And and I, I pray that he has the balls or his lawyers have the balls to go after Biden too. Biden, de Blasio, Cuomo, all you know, that's another motherfucker. Where where's Cuomo been? He quits being governor and all and now all of a sudden he's free and clear from touching girls and 
killing grandma and grandpa and the old people's home. That's something I, I'm going to research that. And that's something I'm going to get into on the next show. So, um, but, uh, yeah, he, he's should get paid. Now I did see also where, uh, Rittenhouse, the, the two people that died, Rosenbaum and I can't think of the other guy's name, but anyway, the two, two people that died that day, their families are now contemplating or they're about to whatever. I don't know if they're, they've gone through with it yet or not, but supposedly they're going to file a civil suit against, uh, Rittenhouse, you know, for, for this. Um, and I started thinking about this today. I was like, what, why? I mean, so I was thinking, okay, well, back in the day you had OJ, right? He got off on murdering the, uh, the, you know, Nicole, uh, I almost said Nicole Kidman. She's been like, what the fuck? I'm not in <laughs> Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman. Right. So, uh, you know, he got off because, you know, glove didn't fit and they quit it, whatever. Um, but then the parents of Ron Goldman ended up suing OJ for, you know, civilly and won. I don't remember the dollar amount. doesn't matter. But in all my life of, oh man, and they're showing the video of this dude running through this parade. That's some crazy shit. I'm telling you. Anyway, um, I don't recall any other murder cases of any kind, whether the person was acquitted or not, where they, um, where they, the family of whatever sued. Now I know I've seen situations of where a person was guilty of killing somebody or whatever the case may be. And they seek, you know, restitution and stuff. I get that. But in this case, you had a kid, you know, who was defending himself. It's proven he was acquitted. He was found not guilty of, of what they said he did. And, um, what are you suing for? Wrongful death? Wrong. What? Because he was protecting himself. So whatever, I guess you can sue anybody for anything. If you want, if you got the money to take it to court, that's on you. But, uh, (laughs) me and Chris were talking about it and I said, I was telling him about this and he's like, well, hopefully they, uh, if they do, you know, file a civil suit against, uh, Rittenhouse for whatever the dollar amount is when he goes to sue CNN, Biden and all these other jackasses, he, you know, take, you know, let's say the family suing for 10 million, whatever. So he's like, I'm going to need 300 million from CNN. Oh, plus I need another 10 million to cover that other bullshit. You know, whatever the case is. But like I said, anyone can sue anybody for any reason. As long as you got the money to take it to court, most people, you know, you, there's civil suits every day, multiple. And, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, so today is what? Today's the Monday is the 22nd, right? So you got what? Uh, two days. You got today's Monday, so you got Tuesday, Wednesday, then it's Thanksgiving, right? So hopefully you guys are all ready for that. Um, hopefully you're in a position. I know it's been a rough year, two years, year and a half for some people out there. And, um, you know, I was reading some stories. It's a good thing about this time of year, Thanksgiving and going into Christmas and stuff. It seems like a lot of people have a big heart. You know, they want to do things. So I, I was watching our local news here, and I saw, I saw this story. So obviously you see um, in your neighborhoods, wherever you live, different cities across the country, everyone does this. This isn't like a, a local Florida thing only. I mean, everyone does it. Churches, different uh, organizations, different whatever. You always see um, turkey drives and, you know, they're giving families like turkeys and whatnot to make uh, Thanksgiving dinners. And then you'll see it usually around Christmas, same thing, whether it's turkey or ham or whatever. Um it's, uh, I, you know, it's great. And, you know, I'm not knocking it. I think, I think it's great if you have the ability to do it. Now, you remember the other day we did a story about the kid in Mississippi who uh, had to make a wish, and his wish was to feed homeless, you know, for a year. And he was able to get Garner, you know, different vendors and different entities in his town to help donate. My question is, and... <laughs> Like, this kid's doing this for the homeless. And, you know, say what you want about homeless people and whatnot. I know that there are some people 
that are homeless. And when we think of homeless people, we think of the guy standing on the corner with the sign, we'll work for food, whatever. Um, and then in the meantime, and I, and I'm not saying this because you do this and you do that because I do this and I see these people standing there, we'll work for food, you know, anything, blah, blah, blah. And in the meantime, McDonald's right there is hiring or whoever's hiring. And I've had this discussion with people in the past and it's like, well, yeah, but you go to McDonald's, you know, they're going to want an address and they're going to want this and want that. Okay. Okay. True. That's true. I guess you just can't wander in off the street and get a job. But that was two years ago. Nowadays, with so many people needing help, um, I I can I mean, how many places have you gone to, restaurant, especially restaurant wise, but even some retailers that you've just wandered in because you're shopping or you're getting a you know taco from Taco Bell or whatever the case may be, and they have a sign, open interviews every every day from two to four or whatever the case is, which that means you literally walk in between those hours, say I want to get a job here. They give you an application, you fill it out right then, and they're going to interview you right then. So, but I know around here, you like I said, you have churches and different organizations. But there's a Buck player, uh, retired, and the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do this every year, um, where they donate turkeys and in the fixings and whatnot for for turkey dinners. My question is, why can't you guys do this all the time? Why does it have to be Thanksgiving, Christmas? You know, they don't even do this kind of stuff at Easter time, you know. Um, and I'm not saying that it, it should be for people that are deserving, that need the help. And my opinion on this is I, I have no problem personally helping anybody. But my philosophy on that is I don't mind helping anybody that are that's helping themselves. You see what I'm saying? So, like, if you're working and you're trying to do the right things and do what you can do and um you know things are tight or you know whatever the case everyone struggles I struggled when I was younger you know I've worked two jobs I've worked you know I've worked crazy hours I've done you do what you have to do um I'm too proud to ask for help that's just how I am but uh you know some people you get to that point in your life where you just can't take it anymore and you need help but I don't have a problem personally helping people that help themselves it's the people that just constantly have their hands out and want something for nothing that I have a problem with but that's just me anyway so it is a nice time of year we'll probably talk about this more as time goes by over the next month and a half with Christmas you know coming up and uh, hopefully we don't see any more incidents like what we saw in Waukesha and uh, hopefully this guy hopefully no more people die than what have already died and hopefully this jackass gets everything coming to him and he just missed that girl by a foot jesus um anyway so we'll pray for those families and uh we just want everyone to get better and feel better and uh pray for the families that lost their loved ones so on that note i want to also talk remember day of history today's today is a significant day in history in my opinion we lost probably one of the greatest leaders that this country has ever seen. And I'm talking about a Democrat. Oh, shit. You guys still there? Hey. <laughs> yeah, on this day, on uh, November 22nd, 1963, JFK was assassinated in Dallas by allegedly... <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm not going to go into what I think happened. We, the facts of the case are that Lee Harvey Oswald book depository, uh, racked off three shots with a three Oh, with a 30 out and to the back of the head, allegedly within six seconds. Uh, we'll go with that story until we do our conspiracy theory story on that. Because, uh, when I get my, my part three done on the NWO and the Rothschilds and the Clinton Bush crime family. It'll make more sense. But nonetheless, uh, 58 years ago, right? This guy's been gone. And then, you know, his son died, what, 30 years later or so, 36 years later. But nonetheless, tragic day in history uh, by another crazy person or persons, as the case is more likely. <laughs> but on that note, guys, I'm going to go ahead and call it a Put a lid on the day. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, take it take it to the to, to the bed. I'm getting a little tired here. It's been a long day. 
Let's talk about our last sponsor. That's smoothmyballs.com backslash Deton. Check them out. Check the razors and accessories. Get 20% off. Use the codes at the bottom of the podcast app. And don't forget, we are also, I know I haven't talked about it much, but we are also a brand ambassador to Maker's Mark Bourbon. Check them out. It's that time of year, you know, get you a fifth of bourbon, you know, drink it down with your buddies, make some uh, make some drinks, you know, have some fun, have some holiday cheer, but please don't drink and drive, guys. Be safe. And don't forget to check out our website, dontreadonamerica.com. Go to the Facebook, Twitter, and well, if you want to go to YouTube, see some of the past videos. I haven't done any new ones yet because uh, I'm being lazy. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm being lazy. <laughs> we go to the website. You can get updates on the show and anything else that we do, blogs, pictures, videos. Most of the stuff I put, I'm going to be honest with you, goes on Twitter and or Facebook and Instagram. But if you go to the um, website, you can subscribe to the page and you'll get updates on different situations that are going on. And please, guys, like I said, please share this with your friends. Let everyone know. I'm found on every podcast app available with exception of, that's right, Pandora. And what do we say? We say fuck Pandora, right? But, you know, Apple, like I said, if you're listening to this, give me a five-star, hook me up. We're on Google Play, iHeart, Amazon, Stitcher, Podbeam, Spotify, you know, whatever. There's no reason no one can listen to us. Just tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your uncle, tell your auntie great podcast i just asked me i'll tell you all about it so with that being said guys it is november 22nd 2021 and i will talk to you again on wednesday have a great day see you later